What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. So I'm about a week behind on these videos for this channel. Sorry. Yeah, whole lot of stuff going on. I think I told some of you guys that I was I was in Ocean City, Maryland at the beach this past weekend. Uh, my wife had a conference and asked me to join her there for the weekend. And I still got some work done at the shop, but really didn't get a chance to record much. Uh, I really need to get a mobile recording set up a little bit better. That that old laptop just isn't going to do it anymore. Also, yesterday, well, for you, it'll be the day before, uh, our sewer backed up. Yay! And uh, it cost me $200 for a plumber to tell me he couldn't do anything about it. Then it cost, well, it didn't cost me anything, but time and aggravation for the city to come out and tell me that I had the wrong clean-out type, so they couldn't do anything for me. And I said to the supervisor, well... Okay, I'll put a new clean out in. I'll dig the hole. I'll put the new pipe in. Yada, yada, yada. Easy access. Will you come back out and bore out to the street, which is the city responsibility from my clean out out is the city responsibility. Nope. He says it's a private matter at that point. I'm not going to argue this week. Just not in the mood for it. Whatever. Me and the boys dug the hole. They did most of the digging. Let's be honest. Um, you know. Cut the pipe, put the new sections of pipe in, got everything free-flowing. I augered it out to the street. My neighbor used to be a plumber, so I got his nice big auger. That thing worked me to death, let me tell you. Anyway, got some tree roots out. Everything's flowing. Holes filled back in, so uh, wifey's happy. I'm happy. Whatever. Let's do some malicious compliance. Can't work on your laptop without my name badge? Guess it wasn't that critical. I worked for a university IT department as a student worker for a little over four years. We had a sister department, the Media Center, who loaned out laptops, projectors, and other technology to professors as needed. In my fourth year in employment, I was on a first-name basis with nearly all the employees of the university, including the head of the Media Center. We'll call her Karen, because, well, obviously. Karen was the queen of her kingdom and had quite a few obnoxious rules in place but most importantly was an ironclad employee ID policy for checking out laptops. Under normal circumstances, I completely agree with this policy. However, this wasn't a normal circumstance. We got a call from her at 4.40 on a Friday. We closed at 5. That a laptop she was trying to loan out to a very important professor wasn't able to log into the network, and she requested we come look at it. Sure thing. I make the 10-minute walk across campus from our office to the media center with my toolkit. When I get there, I see the professor and Karen and ask to see the laptop. She says, Wait, saucer, you need your name badge. Where is it? Flash to my name badge, clipped to my jacket, hanging on a coat rack in the IT office. Ah, oh, it's on my jacket, Karen. I forgot to grab it rushing over here. I chuckled a bit. Deadpan, she says, Saucer, you can't work on this until you go get your badge. Karen, I thought this was an emergency. Do you need me to fix this right now? Well, yes, of course, Karen explained, but we still need to always follow policy. Fair enough. Policy is incredibly important. I'll go get my name badge. I left the office, trekked the 10 minutes back to my office, then I picked up the phone and called her. Hey, Karen, just letting you know that because it's 520 and policy states student workers can't work after hours, I'll have to come back Monday. Have a great weekend. She fumed at me for a few minutes until I essentially hung up on her. Policy is very important. Edit. Adding this from my comments below, in regards to what happened on Monday. My boss didn't like Karen at all. He was an amazing guy in general, 
Late 50s, survived cancer, has MS, but still ran security at biker rallies. He'd been with the university for about 30 years and had 8 weeks PTO, so he would take months off and ride around the country with his equally amazing wife. This was in 2005, and he set the standard for what I would consider a good boss. So he came in Monday morning to a bunch of voicemails from her about it. Yells over to me, Saucer, did you leave Karen hanging on Friday? Yeah, Chuck, his real name because he's amazing. I forgot my name badge. Yeah, you are pretty forgetful sometimes. He shrugged, and that was that. Karen had to loan her individual work laptop to the professor for the week. For the curious, the problem was that in Windows XP days, when logging in, Windows would attempt to connect to every saved wireless network top to bottom. Because this was a loaner and there were literally hundreds of hotels, airports, and restaurant Wi-Fis, it was taking 8-9 to nine minutes for the logon prompt to come up. It took me around 30 seconds to clear out all the saved Wi-Fi connections and return the laptop to them. Karen was not in the office when I went to work on it on Monday. Edit 2. I was 100% in the wrong here, because I forgot my name badge. I didn't flout the name badge policy on purpose, it was a mistake. Anyone familiar with the Midwest will confirm that sometimes it's bitter cold in the morning, but by late afternoon it's warm enough you don't need a jacket. During my morning tickets I was wearing a jacket and had my name badge on it. Over lunch I took my jacket off and didn't need it. It was a mistake, and Karen decided that the badge policy was too important for her to overlook my mistake, which is definitely her prerogative. And it's mine to overlook the student workers can't be paid overtime rule. The laptop was fixed within 45 business minutes of her reporting the problem to our office, which in my opinion is relatively fast. Name badges and security policies are important, and I could understand her not wanting to let me check out the laptop as if I was a faculty member using their services, but I was an IT employee working late on a Friday even though I wouldn't be done in time, so we both could take care of that professor. I wasn't taking the laptop home, I was working on it in front of her. Additionally, it was her department's policy that she wouldn't let people handle laptops without signing them out, not ours. Our department had no official name badge policy. I didn't read the comments on this one. I guess people were giving OP a hard time. So, sure, I understand the policy. If, you, if your policy at the media center, library, whatever, is to always have ID to handle a laptop, not just check it out, like to physically handle it, fine. But then at the same time, you called for a late last minute emergency thing that was after business hours. If you're all about policy, then, well, he was right. Tit for tat. If you like policy that much, then the campus policy is we can't work late. We don't get paid overtime. See you Monday. I thought that was pretty simple. I find the problem with a lot of these people is they want everything one way. You know, they want to follow policy. They, they keep throwing policy in your face. It's policy. It's policy. It's our rules. Okay, great. Well, there's other rules, too, and if you're not following them, then you're just as wrong. So, eh, she needs to get over herself. My work hours are 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., no exceptions? You've got it. So I work in the entertainment sector in an office setting. Sometimes the work around here slows when we get ahead of projects. Some of us live 45 minutes to an hour away from the shop. So we would come in a few minutes late and maybe leave 5-10 to 10 minutes early to get a start for the traffic and not watch the clock. There's times when you come to a checkpoint in your work and it wouldn't make sense to start up the next part since you leave in 10 minutes. The vice president of the company said if we keep doing this, we will be written up. That we're to be at our desks at 8.30am and to not leave until 5pm. All of us would answer calls and respond to work emails past 5. Myself, I would return calls and emails until 7pm on the weekdays and monitor my email over the weekend. 
Once the VP shifted to such rigid stance on work hours, we did as well. Now my email notifications are muted from 5.01 to 8.30 and completely turned off on the weekends. I showed my coworkers how to do the same thing via their Outlook. Now we all leave at 5 but refuse to do any work outside our scheduled hours. The VP is famous for sending emails and texts after hours and has become frustrated that he doesn't hear back until the next day or maybe even the following Monday. Absolutely burns him up. He said we should be monitoring our emails after work in case of an emergency. Boy, have you lost your mind because I'll help you find it. I simply said what he said. My work hours are from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Nothing more, nothing less. So over 15 minutes of work presence, he has lost all outside work hour support. Everyone refuses to answer emails after 5 or on the weekends. He hates it, but still hasn't budged. Just keeps saying how we need to be more company focused. Well, I was until you decided me leaving 10 minutes early was an issue, and I decided I would follow his example. 8.30 to 5. You get what you wish for. Yeah, see, this is just like the last story. Okay, policy. Policy is 8.30 to 5? No problem, but if you want to press that hard, you're not paying people to be on standby. And I guarantee you, they probably didn't sign anything that says they have to monitor after hours. Otherwise, there would be some kind of compensation. So, uh, yeah, policy is policy, right? Work hours are 8.30 to 5. That's what you get. Don't expect a response to an email in the evening after dinner or over the weekend when I'm off sunning myself or whatever. I don't know where that came from. Ugh. Fired in two weeks. I hope this story isn't too long. It's a little convoluted. <laughs> Aren't they all? I worked for five years as a federal contractor and eventually rose through the ranks, through blood, sweat, and tears, to a low-level supervisor. I managed a team of 13 working two federal contracts. Both contracts were new and I was supposed to make them successful so the contracts would be renewed. This started right before COVID. Even before the poop hit the fan, my second contract was going badly. The agency flooded us with work, and my boss repeatedly refused to ask them to slow it down. That was literally his only job. As a result, late work began piling up and costing the company lots of money. We did our best to keep up, which in reality meant a ton of unpaid overtime for me. Then COVID hit and things only got worse. My staff asked almost daily if there would be layoffs, and my boss's response to them was, We don't know. To me, the answer was that my job was secure, but the others weren't. If the contract failed, he said I'd have a place on another team. Obviously, the contract failed. My boss personally fired me, and unbeknownst to me, most of my team. I learned who was staying and who was going by talking with each of them personally. No one knew it was going to happen to them until it happened, and they were all shocked that I'd been fired as well. This was August 2020. Panic ensued. After firing me, my boss, who until that day I'd considered a very good friend, had the stones to call and ask me if I'd help him end the contract on a high note. <laughs> I got fired two weeks before my official last day, because that company's run by sadists. I told him I'd do my job. As a proud Slytherin, I immediately began doing everything I could, within the rules of course, to send my fired staff home in the best shape possible. We all knew our unused PTO would cash out, but sick time wouldn't. Everyone was sick those last two weeks, and my boss ended up doing most of the work himself. I also sent a ton of people to work from home with COVID-like symptoms so they could use their time to interview for jobs, etc. I was immediately hired by another federal contractor, and I brought my best former employee along with me. Since then, she and I posted about a dozen employees away from our former employer, who eventually threatened to sue her if she headhunted anyone else. 
I'm proud to say that our revenge-fueled efforts have taken so many of their good employees that the company is now openly failing and will soon go out of business. That's almost like pro-revenge there. Yeah, don't don't pre-fire me. You know, tell me in two weeks I'm losing my job or whatever. Um, and then ask me to end the job on a high note. That's not how this is going to work. You guys are being a-holes and letting people go and sort of giving them the axe without a whole lot of warning. If budget's tight, budget's tight, I get it. But at least be honest and upfront with your employees about it. And unless there's something in the contract or an NDA or something, I can almost guarantee you there's no law that says that they can't poach other employees. Good luck suing and proving anything. Courts don't like coincidence. Just saying. We want you to document everything. We, my coworker Joe and I, were in our senior year of college, so 20 to 21 years old, when a new director of our IT department decided to audit our tickets. When he did, he found an alarming lack of documentation. To his credit, the vast majority of our tickets were closed with antivirus was uninstalled, reinstalled it, or drivers were out of date, updated them, descriptions matching the effort earned when you paid student workers $5.15 an hour. Really, that was the precedent that had been set when I started there my freshman year. An email went out demanding more documentation before we closed any incidents. It was a fair request, to be honest. So we began to add more information. Instead of, speakers weren't plugged in, we would put, went to Professor So-and-So's office to troubleshoot the malfunctioning speakers and noticed the speaker power light wasn't on. While the power adapter was actually plugged into the wall, the other end of the power cord was not plugged into the speakers. Plugged it in. A few days later, a second email went out. We appreciate the additional information, but we really need everything documented, including times you worked on, the buildings you went to, etc. Everything? Okay. Joe and I began documenting all our tickets as if we were in a fantasy epic. For example, an owl was dispatched on the morn of the 18th day in September to our barracks. It was cold this day. A chill had settled across the land. Two magic 17-inch Dell Optiplex viewer portals in the land of Violet Hall had died and no amount of magic or medicine could restore them to life. At 9.24 on that morn, Sir Joseph Smithington and I, Lord Saucer of Reddit, began our trek across the barren wasteland with a carriage containing two magic portals. It was a perilous journey. The sage wizard Professor Beck granted us access to the Violet and the two portals were replaced. Sir Joseph and I have brought the stricken portals back to the safety of the hardware department and will begin risk and will begin rescue efforts at once. We believe the hard drives may be bad and will begin the RMA process back to their divine creator if necessary. We had a lot of fun for roughly a week until during a presentation with other bigwigs, the director pulled up one of our epics randomly. <laughs> While other members in the meeting found it hilarious, I'm told the director felt humiliated. We were chastised quite a bit by the director and our immediate boss, who was absolutely incredible, begged us to cool it so that he didn't have to hear the director complain about it anymore. That is epic. I wish I had the imagination and the patience to write like that. I don't know. Maybe it needs to be revenge-based. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody needs to piss me off enough that I start writing more stories again. I mean, I can write fairly well, but nothing, nothing fantasy like that where, you know, using huge words and old-style language and things like that. Make it all pretty. I'm, you know, I'm an East Coast redneck. It's, it's, it's enough for me to read that, let alone write it. So, good for you guys. Sign in, even though I've worked here for 12 years. You got it. So my malicious compliance started about a month ago at my workplace, where I've been for the past 12 years. 
On that fateful day, I had forgotten my key fob to buzz through the security gate, so I asked the guard, who I've known and chat to for several years, to let me through. As he was getting up, the moody older guard, some of my staff named him Nasty Nick for good reason, next to him, stopped him and rudely told me to sign in. I explained that I've been working here for over a decade and I'm known to this guard so he can vouch for me. He said, doesn't matter, it's a health and safety thing in case there was a fire. Not true, this is a shared building and each company is responsible for accounting for their own staff. I know because I helped set up this plan with the building's owner. I explained this to him but he wasn't having it and directed me to sign in the book. Which funnily enough had a printed sheet which stated it was for guests only and had a line saying permanent staff should get a sticker to ID themselves. When I asked about the sticker, he said this was a new process and I had to sign in and out each time I entered or exited the building without my fob. I asked if he was sure. He said, 100%. Cue malicious compliance. The UK health and safety body says that ideally you should take 5 to 10 minute break each hour away from your computer screen. Not wanting to get RSI or anything, I took it upon myself to take even more regular breaks, especially when Nasty Nick was on shift. So for my break, I would go on short walks outside and would you know it? I'm getting very forgetful in my old age and keep forgetting to bring in my fob. So each time I come to sign in, Nasty Nick would need to get up, open his door, undo his keys to buzz me in. Quite often I would forget something in my car just as he's about to let me in, and he'll need to make his round trip back to the little office. My record was 13 little breaks over the day. After about two weeks of this, I managed to have a catch up with the younger guard and he explained that he checked, and there was definitely not a need for me to sign in each time. And even better, Nasty Nick was constantly moaning about me to the other security guys about the idiot who keeps forgetting his fob. Edit. I can't spell for all the tea in England. Just to clear up some points as I can't respond to all your lovely messages. I'm a dick. Wanker. Karen. Small PP for doing this. Well, yeah. Isn't that what malicious compliance is? Obeying the letter of the law, if not the spirit? And making it a slight inconvenience to the person enforcing the malicious compliance? You should have followed the security process. MC Guard made up his own rules in contradiction to the set policy for security, which was why Operation MC went into place. If he had stuck to the set policy, he wouldn't have been the target of malicious compliance to begin with. Leave the old man alone. He's mid-40s at most, not overweight, just very rude, hence the nickname, and prone to making up his own rules. Why are you not working? How have you got so much time to malicious compliance? I'm in the UK where a lot of modern companies value the health and well-being of their staff and use this as the backbone of a successful business. Frankly, I'd be very upset if I heard any of my staff were upset, overworked or stressed. I always make a point to have them take regular breaks. I get his point. Two things. One, and I'm still learning this. I've been doing this for a couple years now and I'm still working on getting that thicker skin because people are going to say things not knowing the full context or not understanding the context that's written right in front of them. I don't know which these people were because I, I didn't read the comments. But they weren't there, first of all. Second of all, what is, what is what business is it of theirs? Like, you know, how many breaks you get? A lot of companies have discovered that if you give more unfettered breaks, not not crazy, but just, you know, a little less big brotherish. You, t you tend to get more production. If you're a little more lenient with your check-in and check-out times and things like that, happier workers tend to be more productive overall. Now, some of them are just lazy no matter what, and they'll take advantage of every little thing you give them. Uh, let's see, what else do we want to address? As for leaving the old man alone, listen, I don't give a rat's ass if the guy was 80. He kind of did it to himself. He created a policy that just wasn't there. 
He didn't follow the policy that was in place with the stickers and all that. So you want to be a hard ass about forgetting a fob one time. You're opening yourself up to malicious compliance every single time. And oh, the poor guy had to walk a few feet. Well, boo-hoo. Also, if he was being rude, that opens you up for malicious compliance too. Or revenge or whatever. You want to be a dick? You're going to get treated like a dick. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.